welcome to The Life Editor. This week, we're talking about simple forgiveness exercises, how to ignite your creativity, and a fun gratitude craft. Let's go. I'm Sage Grayson, a former book editor turned life coach. I help ambitious career women edit their habits, routines, and mindsets to balance their happiness at work and home. I'm a life editor, and so are you. Today, I want to talk about forgiveness. All right, this might feel like a bit of a heavier topic than normal. We're not all cutesy-wootsy today, but it's an important part of life editing, so I really wanted to touch on this. Much of what we're discussing today is mentioned in my book, How to Remove Toxic People from Your Life, which is a part of the Editor's Toolkit. So if you haven't downloaded that already, it's free. Go to the Editor's Toolkit and get your copy. First, I'd like to start by asking you to think about something that happened to you that you feel is completely unforgivable. What was the situation? Who was involved? How did you feel afterwards? Perhaps someone stole from you or destroyed a priceless possession or spread vicious rumors about you. Or maybe you suffered emotional cruelty, physical abuse, or even rape. It might not seem like it now, but choosing to forgive the person who did that deplorable thing to you is one of the most loving things that you can do for yourself. Forgiveness is not about changing the other person or getting them to apologize or making them feel as terrible as they made you feel. I know that's what a lot of you are thinking. But forgiveness is about honoring yourself and choosing love and compassion over hate and anger. There are a lot of reasons why people refuse to forgive, so we're going to go over five excuses that we use to avoid forgiveness. So let's see if these sound like you. Number one, they were wrong. All right, this might be true. The other person might have done something truly horrific to you. But forgiveness doesn't mean that you condone what they've done. It means that you will not continue to be the victim long after the actual event. This is a choice here. You are choosing not to be a victim. Number two, they don't deserve it. Well, they probably don't deserve your forgiveness, but being forgiving is not about them. I can't stress that enough. By choosing to forgive, you are doing something kind for yourself. Number three, I don't want to let go of my anger. I get this. I really, really get this. I felt like this for a long, long time. Sometimes it feels like our anger and our hurt is the only thing that we can hold on to. You guys know that I'm a Buddhist, so let me drop some Buddha wisdom on you. The Buddha said, holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. Number four, they're dead or I don't know where they are. The person who wronged you doesn't have to be close by or even alive for you to forgive them, really. Even if they are still in the picture, I urge you not to go up to them and say something like, 
I forgive you for blank, whatever it is, lying to me, burning down my house, whatever. Forgiveness is personal and should be experienced by yourself. Number five, they wouldn't forgive me. Yeah, maybe you both were wrong. Friendships can end when both parties feel like the other person is to blame. Even if they won't forgive you for your part of the mess, you can still focus your energy on forgiving them. It's okay. All right, now that we've talked about the excuses that we use not to forgive, let's shift it over to five benefits of forgiveness. See, I am trying to convince you that this is a good thing. Just stick with me here. Five benefits of forgiveness. Number one, less stress. You might actually feel your chest open up when you forgive someone. It may feel like you can, you can take a full breath for the first time in years. Oh, I know that feeling. Imagine how much less stressed you'll be when you stop reliving the other person's transgression in your mind over and over and over again. Number two, more happiness. Okay, this should be completely obvious, but when you remove hatred and anger from your life, you create an open space where happiness can come in. This is life editing 101 here. You delete the negative feelings and then you have space for all that goodness to come rushing in. Perhaps you never enjoyed your job because you couldn't forgive a coworker for stealing a promotion you wanted. When you let go and forgive, you can experience all the good things about your current job and be happy with where you are right now. Number three, peace to move on. Whenever I forgive someone, I feel at peace. This serenity allows me to leave that unfortunate experience behind me and move on to better things. Number four, learning a life lesson. Mm. No one wants to experience hurt, but by choosing to forgive, you can see it as an opportunity to learn. For instance, if you're forgiving an abusive ex-spouse, you are also learning to trust your instincts and be aware of those red flags in future relationships. This is what we're talking about, saying, hey, that person was awful, but I learned something. There was a lesson in all of this hurt. Number five, growing and being the bigger person. All right, this is the self-righteous reason to forgive someone, and um, I have probably done this on more than one occasion. When you are forgiving, you can feel good with the knowledge that you are the bigger person by being open to love and forgiveness. Many people refuse to forgive, so be proud of the fact that you've made this choice. I, I don't care if this is your reason for forgiving, if, if this is the benefit that you're choosing. Go ahead, say, I'm going to be the bigger person. Do it. Make it the self-righteous one. So there's no right or wrong way to forgive someone, but I caution you against confronting the person that you want to forgive. Please, please, please don't do this. It doesn't matter if that person wants your forgiveness or if they think they've done nothing wrong. In my experience, forgiveness is more meaningful when you go through the process on your own. Forgiveness might not be easy, but you are worthy of a life 
without anger, without grudges, and without resentment. Really, this is for you. What's stopping you from forgiving someone? Now I've got three simple forgiveness exercises for you. This is what you've been waiting for. You can do this. Number one, write a letter. Write a letter to the person you want to forgive. Be as detailed as you want and get all of your anger and all of those hurt feelings out of you and onto the paper. When you're finished, fold up the paper and write, I forgive you on the outside. Then burn the letter, shred it, bury it in the backyard, or otherwise dispose of it. You are, in fact, disposing of the burden that has been holding you down. Number two, perform a ritual. And you might already know a forgiveness ritual or practice from your own religion. If not, here's a very simple one. Sit at a table and put a candle in the center of the table. Light the candle and look at the flame while saying, so-and-so, I forgive you for blank. I let go of my blank, whether that's anger, sadness, or whatever emotion you're feeling. I wish you peace and I release you. Say as much as you need to say until you feel calm and content. I forgive you. I let go of my anger. I wish you peace. I release you. Then blow out the flame and imagine your bad feelings leaving your life as the smoke blows away. That's a really powerful ritual. Number three, meditate. Sit somewhere quiet and focus on the bad situation. Take a long, slow breath in through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. On the exhale, visualize the bad memories and the bad feelings flowing out of you. Imagine the picture in your mind getting smaller and smaller and dimmer with each exhale until you feel ready to forgive and let go. Sit and focus on opening your heart and mind to forgiveness and filling the space inside you where the bad memories once were. Those are three forgiveness exercises for you to try and I hope you'll decide to let go of some of the anger, hurt, sadness, or other emotions that have been holding you back. Forgiveness is for you. This week, I'm reading The Little Spark by Carrie Bloomston. This book is one of the selections we read for our monthly book club in my Life Editor Academy Mastermind group. We read it during the month where our theme was white space, and it's an amazing book for anyone who needs more self-care to indulge in their creative side. First of all, the book is gorgeous. It really is. Every page has full-color illustrations or photos demonstrating the spark exercises. It, it looks kind of like a funky scrapbook or art book that's covered in paint splotches and scraps of paper. Each spark, and there are 30 to choose from, is a personal challenge to the reader to bust out of your comfort zone and let your freak flag fly. It's about giving yourself permission to let go of your constraints and just explore the, the wild creative woman who's inside you. And I gotta say, sometimes, okay, <laughs> most of the time, it's hard for me 
as a high-strung type A personality to let myself be free. It's very easy for me to get caught up in order and systems and structure, and then I fail to get my hands dirty. Don't miss out on nurturing your creative side. It's an essential part of self-care, and having fun will prevent you from drowning in overwhelm and burnout. Fill your cup. Here are a few of the spark exercises that I enjoyed from the book. Create your space. Make a huge mess. That's a good one. Give yourself grace. Have a secret. Make a vision board. Find your voice. Go window shopping. Take a day off. Yes. And trust yourself. I can't say enough good things about this book, and it was definitely a fan favorite among the Life Editor Academy ladies. Do yourself and your inner child a favor and grab your copy of The Little Spark. The easy edit for this week is to make a thank you jar. As you know, step one of the life editing process is create a foundation, and that means to build up your gratitude practice. It's by saying thank you for the blessings in our lives that we have the energy to do more of the um, heavy lifting that comes with life editing. Many, many, many people choose to write in a gratitude journal. That's like the traditional thing to do. But if that's not really your thing, that's okay. Perhaps you would like to get a little bit more creative and crafty, and you can do that by setting up a beautiful thank you jar. Here's how you make one. Choose a mason jar, a fish bowl, or any kind of clear container. Then cut up strips of scrapbook paper or use a colorful stack of post-it notes. Every day, write down one thing you're grateful for and tuck it into the jar. And the jar makes this really lovely display piece as the notes start to add up. It's really, really gorgeous. Dump out the jar and read your thank yous once a month, on your birthday, quarterly, or choose another special day or holiday. You can do this by yourself or with your family, friends, coworkers, whoever. It's really up to you. And Chris and I do this for the entire month of November. On November 1st, I display a mason jar that I decorated with the words thank you on the side in pretty scrapbook paper. Then I cut dozens of strips of paper in fall colors and I leave them next to the jar with a pen. Every day until Thanksgiving, Chris and I write at least one thing that we're thankful for on a slip of paper, fold it in half, and drop it into the thank you jar. No peeking! Some days we're thankful for simple things, like reading magazines on a lazy Sunday. And some days we're thankful for bigger things, celebrating another anniversary. Some days we add many slips of paper to the jar, and some days it's difficult to think of just one thing to be grateful for. Then on Thanksgiving, we shake out all of the slips of paper onto the dining room table, and as we're enjoying our pumpkin pie, we go back and forth, choosing a slip of paper from the pile and reading it out loud. It's so much fun to reflect on all the wonderful things that have made us happy over the past month, and I'm always really surprised by Chris's choices. 
The thank you jar has helped make us a stronger family and more focused on having a positive outlook. And you can start a thank you jar tradition too. All right, here's the steps again. One, find a container. Two, prepare the slips of paper. Three, have a group meeting and explain the rules, whether it's family, coworkers, friends, whoever. Four, choose a day to celebrate and read all of the thank yous. So we did Thanksgiving. You might do it at the end of the month. You might start it at the beginning of the year and do the whole year. You might do it once a quarter. You might do it on a birthday, something like that. And then when you're reading them, make sure to bring some drinks and other goodies and really have fun basking in the gratitude. Your easy edit for this week is to get crafty with your gratitude practice and start your own thank you jar. That's it for this episode of The Life Editor. I'm Sage Grayson, and you can always find me at sagegrayson.com. This week, choose to forgive someone in your life indulge in your creative side, and make a thank you jar. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And if you have a question or topic I should cover on the podcast, please send an email to sage at sagegrayson.com. What will you edit in your life this week? Until next time, Life Editor.